Well, the, the scripture I wanted to read today, <clears throat> thinking about the gift of tears, most of you probably know this. <clears throat> it's the, the shortest <clears throat> verse in scripture. I don't have to open up my Bible, but just to make it look more official, I will. <laughs> I'll maybe read a couple before it. Uh, <clears throat> Mary and Martha, uh, their brother Lazarus is sick and he's dying. And they send word to Jesus uh, to come and help because they want him to do a healing and, and to save him. <clears throat> and it takes him uh, quite a while to get there. We think it's probably four days or more before he arrives. And when he arrives, Lazarus ha has passed away. And I think they're pretty upset with him because they always they say, if you would have been here, <clears throat> you could have saved him. And we probably say that to ourselves quite often. I could have done this. I could have done this. If so-and-so would have been here. And they said, if you would have been here, Jesus, you could have saved him. <clears throat> and so we'll pick up here with verse 32 here. So when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, and this is after she's been waiting for several days for him to arrive, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. <clears throat> Jesus wept. And I was trying to find the source, but someone who does the searches on words, his weeping wasn't just like the light tears. But the word they use for weep here, it's a deep, deep movement from within, from deep within his bowels. And his whole body is convulsing in sorrow and in pain. And so this is the weeping that when we hear Jesus wept. It's those deep, deep tears <clears throat> that move us. And then I also wanted to read um, just a quote. And this is from Alan Jones. And when I went to, to seminary, <clears throat> The very first book they had us read, it was this book, it's called Soul Making, uh, The Desert Way of Spirituality by Alan Jones. And it just so happened to be the best book I read over the next eight years. So I expected everyone to be like this, <laughs> but it's a great book. So if you're looking for a good read, it was written several years ago, but it's still just as relevant today. It's called Soul Making. <clears throat> and so Alan Jones, who's an Episcopal priest, and I remember he has a chapter in there, if you want to just read part of it, he has a chapter on, in here called The Gift of Tears. That's just absolutely uh, wonderful and brilliant. And he says, tears are agents of resurrection and transformation. They can raise the dead. And such tears are surely a gift. And in keeping with our, our theme from the last three weeks, he also said those, teep, those deep tears their fruit is always joy, is always joy. And as we take just a few moments to reflect on Jesus weeping and our own tears <clears throat> as well, what have been the gifts of tears that you have discovered in your life? Have you gone through different phases of life and sorrow and grief and mourning? Have you discovered gifts in tears, those deep tears? Let's take a few moments just to pray and to reflect on that. Let us pray.
Right, yeah. Yeah, it's very beautiful. And I'm, I'm really envious of those people who, who can cry easily. Uh, I think it's just because of my conditioning <laughs> as a male growing up in a certain culture that uh, I got the word that I was not supposed to cry. And, and I can remember going to funerals as a young child, and my whole goal was not to cry, not to grieve, not to mourn, not to experience that life, but just don't cry. And how... That's what I love about our, our spiritual walk. It's the complete opposite. It's like <laughs> when those feelings come in the morning, let the floodgates open up and experience it. Yeah. Anyone else there? Just what you've noticed? I, I like that. Uh, uh, tears are uh, organic baptism. Yeah, that's very good. Very cleansing. Any other thoughts? These are all wonderful thoughts. And I'd encourage you during the week here just to take time to think about the tears. And uh, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I'll think, well, I've gone through my grief. I've gone through the grief, and then something happens, <laughs> and it's ongoing. Something, somebody will say something, we'll, we'll see something, or we'll be reminded of a person, and, and that grief comes up, and, and that's okay. Uh, the logical, like Mark was talking about the logic, uh, I say, where well, you're expecting someone to die, it takes you one year to go through the grief. How did they figure that out? <laughs> if you're not expecting it, it takes you five years. Well, no, it takes a lifetime. Uh, and one of the things I did learn from my mother, uh, when my sister passed away at a young age and unexpectedly and tragically, she said she went with her grief and pain from just feeling suffocated, where she couldn't breathe, to where it was off, off her chest. And she said, I can breathe now. I'm starting to enjoy life. And that grief was always with her, but she also had a lot of joy as well. So all of us <clears throat> will encounter grief and sorrow during our journeys through life. And we can say the more that we love, the more that we will have grief in our life. And we also can say the more we grieve, the more we will learn to love and the more we will share that love. And we can't avoid our, our grief or our sorrow and we can't go around it, but we often try always, seems like not always, but quite often we try to deny the grief and the pain. As Eric was saying, we try to, to stuff it. But we must go through it. And all good religion tells us what to do with our sorrow and our grief and our pain. And so what do we do with our sorrow and pain? Is it always just to try to not cry, try not to show or express any feeling or emotions or not, not to cry? And are there hidden blessings, even joy, within our grief? Just a, a few weeks ago, I will always remember driving my mom over to the ER room and we were joking and laughing along the way there, and she was certainly experiencing a great deal of pain, but there was joy. And I remember sitting in the waiting room, waiting to find out what's going to happen. I thought everything was going to be all right. And then the doctor opened that door and walked in. And it was well after the, the midnight hour. And I knew immediately from the look on his face what had happened and just hoping I wasn't reading his body language, reading his face the way I thought I did. And he came up to me and he was very solemn. 
And he said, your mother's heart has stopped. In the deep sorrow, in the numbness, and the disbelief were immediate. And immediately I thought, this must be a mistake. She was fine. She's going to be all right. And I thought this to myself. But to the doctor I said, can I see my mom? And he said, yes, you can. And he took me through all these corridors. It was just like a a giant maze to the room where she was. And the chaplain, the hospital chaplain, was waiting outside that room. And I was very thankful that earlier in the day, uh, I met the chaplain and my mom as well, and we had a great conversation with them so we weren't strangers. And there was a connection. And we had laughed with him. We discussed the process of dying. And he met me at the door. And he said, is there anything that you would like, anything you need from me right now? And I said, do you have any anointing oil? And he says, yes, I do. So he went back to his office and got this oil. And we went into my mother's room where she was, and we anointed her, her eyes, her head, her heart. It was a very sacred, very holy time. And he asked if I would like to spend some time alone with her. And I said, yes, I would. And when he left, I thanked my mother for giving birth to me, for being part of creation with God. I thanked her for her steadfast love and and always being there. And I thanked her for holding my hand when I was scared and celebrating all the milestones, those major milestones in my life with me, she and my father. My graduation from high school, in college, my marriage to to Jennifer, the birth of our children, she was always there. And I remember when Andy was born in Glenwood Springs, she and my dad drove up in the middle of a snowstorm just to be there and to celebrate with us. And I told my mom I loved her. And I thanked God for her life, for her beauty, for her joy, and the kindness that she shared with me. And mostly I just prayed silently while while I held her. And one of my prayers was, nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even death. It was a mantra. Just the assurance that nothing can separate us from the love of God, not even death. And I returned home in the morning darkness. And Jennifer and I, we held each other. And we tried to talk our way through the events of the past 24 hours. But nothing seemed to make any sense. The only thing that was real was our sadness and our despair. But but yet the deep tears did not come. They weren't there. Just the sadness and the grief. And I don't know why, maybe I needed some space to make it through the night and to make it through the day, but those deep tears did not come. And we hear this story of Jesus, and I think it's such an important part of of our story. Jesus wept, just two words, Jesus wept. And for me, this is one of the most powerful and one of the most healing verses in Scripture. Jesus wept. 
He's showing us what to do with our grief, our sorrow, and our pain. And when Jesus sees Mary and her companions and they're weeping over Lazarus' death, Jesus enters into their sorrow and he weeps with them. And again, these weren't light tears, but deep tears where his whole body is convulsing and he weeps with them. And not the tears of a light summer rain. And I don't know why, but I needed that space. But Jesus wept. He was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. And Father Richard Rohr says the weeping mode really is a different way of being in the world. We're not really used to that or embracing it. The weeping mode. We often try to avoid or deny our grief or our pain. But Jesus accepts it. He experiences it. And when we weep, we are free to feel the tragedy of things in life. We are free to feel the tragedy of things in life and loss, the sadness of things, says Roar. Deep, unabridged tears pierce our hearts. And as Alan Jones writes, tears soften the hardened and the dried out soul. Could be that baptism that we're talking about. Those tears soften our dried out soul, making it receptive and alive. And tears clear our minds. They soften, they clarify, and they open up our hearts. And I can remember like yesterday when our young, healthy Labrador Luke died after my father had passed. He had only been gone for a couple of weeks, and I had not wept yet over my father's death. And this young, healthy dog had passed away. In the middle of a snowstorm, I carried Luke out to his grave, and I wrapped him in his favorite blanket. And he was just heavy in my arms, literally that, that dead weight. And he had, I'd made a grave for him on a hillside, where he used to run and it was full of pinyon and juniper trees and sage and rabbits and deer. And I just loved watching Luke run. He had so much joy and it was just contagious. And now in the middle of this snowstorm, I placed Luke in his grave and those tears came and and I wept. And they came down like the winter snow And the grief and the sorrow and the weight that I had been holding with my father's passing as well as Luke's and probably many other things that I was unaware of, all that grief and sorrow just started to pour out through the tears. And the lightness started to return. Do we take time to mourn and to grieve and to cry? Do we accept and embrace the tears when they come? The Reverend Alan Jones says, something positive is released when the tears flow. They have a liberating and cathartic effect. And when we cry, we we surrender to the heart of God. And we open ourselves to love. And we feel more alive than ever. And we realize that life is precious 
It's sacred. And it's also very brief. And the tears move us to love, to forgive, and to heal. And we have a deeper awareness of what love is all about. The tears allow us to begin letting go of our sorrow and to begin learning to love anew. And this usually happens over time. We all know the expression to have a good cry, and we need several good cries for that healing and that renewal to happen. So the tears had not come. And two days after my mother had died, I woke up with the start early in the morning. It was about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And those questions, <laughs> you know, those questions that haunt us, they always seem to haunt us after someone we love passes on. How did this happen? Is she all right? Was I a good son? Did I love her enough? Why didn't I have more time for her? And Jennifer and I, we talked and we questioned for hours. And then the tears came, those deep tears. And Roar says, they only come when we realize that we can't fix it and we can't change it. And all we can offer is our sorrow in our tears. And somehow, through the grace of God, the tears start the healing and the cleansing process. And they are a gift. And their fruit is always joy as we slowly begin letting go of the pain and the sorrow and that new appreciation for life and how sacred and valuable it is and having our hearts opened up to what it truly means to love and to care for ourselves and one another. And we often do not know what to do with our sorrow, our grief, and our pain, and I know I struggle with it. In Roar, he defines grief as unfinished hurt. Grief is just unfinished hurt. And he even believes, and I agree with him completely, that all the anger that we see in the world playing out before our eyes, it's just unresolved grief and people not knowing what to do with their pain. And my prayer for all of us today, myself included, is that we may spend time with our sorrow and our grief and that we can just hold it and we can learn from it. And then when those tears do come, and they always do, that we may let them flow and embrace them. And by that grace that we may enter into new life and may our tears be agents of resurrection and transformation. And may we know joy again. Amen. And I think this hymn uh, really touches the heart in that place where when you're at rock bottom and then you let those tears come and let that sorrow flow and you come out into a new place of joy.